1: You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host.
0: Hi, I'm Carlos Soler, and this is La Liga Lowdown. Hi, I'm Jordi Amat. You are listening to La Liga Lowdown. Hi, I'm Pablo Machín. This is La Liga Lowdown. And I'm David Garrido. Welcome
2: along to this La Liga Lowdown mini pod with Reza Sakanov and broadcast on Sirius X FC 157 in North America as we recap match day 15 in Spain's top division involving derbies in the two big cities, big scorelines, late goals and a managerial change. Here's a quick taster of what's coming up. Barcelona blitz Espanol with Leo Messi, the free
3: kick king. Roman Cast's his eye over this all Catalan clash. From the first few minutes, Barca's intentions were clear. Their pressure was very high and intense and their possessions made sense as they were freeing up spaces in attack for Dembele, Suárez and even Arturo Vidal who never stopped running up and down. Atletico
2: beat Alaves at the wonder, but the injury problems continue so Ewan is looking at their second
4: string. It's two goals in two games for Kalinic since Costa went for his operation and Simeone was speaking after this game about how he has also been impressed with the strikers off the ball play.
2: Sevilla so do the job but drop the points at Valencia who protested against their presidents while Villarreal sacked Javi Calleja and bring in Luis Garcia Plaza. Paco has more.
5: Villarreal under Calleja had worse stats than the two seasons which ended with the submarine sinking into second division. He had to go and Villarreal's board performed the execution clean and swiftly. An Athletic club played their first Liga game under Gaisca Garitano. Alex gives us all the details.
0: As a coach he started at Eibar, famously taking them from Segunda B to La Liga and until last week he was coaching Athletic's BC
2: It's a power-packed episode. It's all on the way. Details on that managerial departure in part two of this podcast, the fifth in La Liga so far this season. But we have to start at the Edercedere Stadium, where all the build-up was about how equal the Barcelona City derby could be for once, how Espanyol maybe even had the chance to beat Barcelona in the league for the first time in nine years, and for the first time at home in the league in almost 12 years. But what we got instead was the complete opposite.
6: The main man poised. Messi goes over the wall. Oh, it's fantastic! Absolutely wonderful from Lionel Messi. The derby breakthrough is a piece of genius. Vidal, Messi takes over. Oh, fantastic for Messi. Somehow he still has it. Oh, what a pass to Dembélé! It's 2-0. Usman Dembélé scores the goal, but made by Messi with that precise pass. And Barca have a clear buffer in the derby now. Suarez has got goal side. He's in behind. The tight. Oh, and somehow he's got the ball home. Luis Suarez just before half time. It's 3-0 to Barcelona. And that might be job done already. The yeah, goal, the win it long Longley. This back post area. He's got the goal. Oh, my word. Oh, my word. Lionel Messi he just gets better superlatives don't do him justice we've seen two top draw free kicks tonight Barcelona have four he has two absolutely sublime well that's how it
2: sounded on 11 sports in the UK it was perhaps the best first half performance of the season from Barcelona and of course Lionel Messi was at the centre of everything not just his free kick to open the scoring but also the incredible way in which he fought to keep possession despite going to ground and then the assist for the second from Usman Dembele. After the third goal from Luis Suarez, that second free kick from Messi prompted the stadium to start emptying with a score at 0-4, despite there still being 25 minutes to go. And then the home side had a goal ruled out by VAR just to rub salt into the wounds. And yes, it was the right decision. Oscar Duarte was just offside. So let's run the rule over the two teams' performances. La Liga Lowdown's Roman Derquer is giving his marks out of 10 on the two sides, starting off with the champions.
3: From the first few minutes, Barca's intentions were clear. Their pressure was very high and intense and their possessions made sense as they were freeing up spaces in attack for Dembele, Suarez and even Arturo Vidal who never stopped running up and down. So Valverde managed to cancel Espanyol's midfield which was more focused on defending. But there was another key factor, Leo Messi. He had one of those super inspired days. He often came close to the halfway line to build up plays or outrun defenders, assisted and scored those two tremendous goals. Barca was back to its best and deserved an 8.5 out of 10. And what about the hosts? How did they do, Roman? This time I'll start with the score and give Espanola a 4.5 out of 10. But it has to be said that the score was slightly unfair. They had 13 shots, one more than Barca, but their aim wasn't sharp enough. Despite conceding three goals in the first half, they never gave up on their principles during the whole game and kept trying to have possession, building up plays through Marroca, Sergi Darder and Melendo. But they were outwitted by an inspired Messi. Defensively, Rubi set up a 4-5-1, but when the GOAT is on fire, there is not much you can do. They were forced to foul him in various occasions and twice those fouls ended up in goals.
2: Thanks, Roman. Well, the praise was fulsome and flowing, as you might imagine, for Messi. Ernesto Valverde spoke about how lucky Barcelona are to have him and that we'll never see the like of him again. Sergio Busquets called the Argentine crucial whether at free kicks or an open play and Jordi Alba was even stronger calling the Ballon d'Or a lie. The Messi is the best in the world and has been clearly by some distance for the last 12 to 14 years. For Espanyol, Rubi claimed his side didn't do so many things badly but maybe they didn't offer that much resistance. Well, nor are they to their own free fall right now. Suddenly, Espanyol have tumbled into mid-table after four straight defeats. Well, this was our chosen game for Partias Predictions last Friday on our YouTube channel. A part- almost got the scoreline spot on and in fact he would have had Espanyol's goal stood. So Paco picks up a single point, no one else gets anything so here are the overall standings. Paco moves clear on 14 points then Ewan McTier has 13 Romana and myself are tied on 8 points with Alex Johnson on 7. <laughs> for Atletico Madrid another home game another win this time 3-0 against Alaves but it was less comfortable than perhaps the scoreline suggests Santiago Arias and Nikola Kalinić combined for the opener which the Croat guided into the net with his torso Ibai Gomez had a couple of chances for Aloes, both saved by Jan Oblak. Into the last 10 minutes where Antoine Griezmann was played in on his own, his little nudge pass for Fernando Pacheco hit the post, but he followed up to make it 2-0 and Rodri Hernandez volleyed home the third after Angel Correa had been denied. Atletico coach Diego Simeone has had enough selection issues, especially in defence, but he suffered another one in this game. Before half-time, Lucas Hernandez hobbled off with knee problems to be replaced by Jose Jimenez, who himself had only just returned from injury. That's in addition to losing Diego Costa for a couple of months after foot surgery and having to play Saul at left back because of Felipe Luis being out as well. So this is where those summer signings who don't play that often have to stand up and be counted. The question is, how have the likes of Kalinic, Arias, Thomas Amar, Gelson Martins performed? Well, Ewan McTear is our man in Madrid. Ewan, what is your verdict on those players?
4: Well, David, what I found interesting about the summer signings is that the best ones might have been the lower profile ones. They weren't exactly dancing on the streets when Kalinic signed in the summer, as it was it was clear all along that his role was simply going to be as the backup to Costa. But it's two goals and two games for Gilinich since Costa went for his operation, and Simeoni was speaking after this game about how he has also been impressed with the strikers off the ball play. He also mentioned Santiago Arias, and he has been excellent at right back in the past few weeks. As much as I love Juan Fran, I do think the Colombian deserves to stay in the team even when Juan Fran is back from his injury. Then with the more high profile signings of Gelson and Lamar, I have to say they've been a bit of a disappointment. Gelson has played fewer minutes than Than all other first team outfield players, so that says it all about him. As for Lamar, he has been playing and he has made 21 appearances already, but it's clear that something just isn't quite right. I think it's that he hasn't been fully atletico fired yet.
2: Thank you, Ewan. Meanwhile, more drama at Mestalla as Sevilla went to Valencia's home ground hoping to win there for the first time since February 2012 and they got so close. Pablo Saravia with his 14th goal of the season in all competitions, nipping in following a scuffed shot from Wissam Benyeda, giving the visitors the lead and then they hit the post twice through ex-Valencia player Banega and also Andre Silva. The points belonged to Sevilla until Muqtad Diakabi got onto the end of a Dani Parejo free kick to head home an equaliser in the 90th minute. 1-1 the final score score then. But if you think the home fans would be cheering and relieved at getting a point at full time, think again. It was not a pretty sight. La Liga Lowdown's back of elite, was at Mistaya.
5: Indeed, David and handkerchiefs were a sight to behold in the final minutes of the game. Actually, they weren't handkerchiefs. They were little flags that the club had handed out to the fans in the stands in order to create a huge tifo and which were turned against Valencia, against their management and even owner Peter Lim in the last few minutes of the game. Valencia fans are very displeased of this mediocrity after yet another disappointing night for the home crowd and another day where the curse of Peter Lim works like clockwork. Every single time the owner watches a game live in the stadium, Valencia are unable to win. The truth is, Sevilla nearly got away with the three points, doing as little as possible. They defended very well, they kept Valencia's forwards under control and took advantage of their only chance. They left the pitch with plenty of gas left in the tank which might come handy in their crucial Europa League game this Thursday. Valencia fans, on the other hand, are just fed up of all of this. The team did well on the first half, but showed no desire and no energy to level in the second period. Yacabi's goal saved the day, but it's not enough. The distance between them and Sevilla is now 10 points, a huge amount so soon at this point in the competition. Unless a miracle happens, it's curtains for their hopes of entering the Champions League next season. Cheers, Paco. More from him later.
2: For Sevilla, their record in the last six seasons away to the big teams is awful. In fact, since the start of the 2012-13 campaign, from the 96 points on offer at Mestalla, Bernabéu, Camp Nou, Wanda or Vicente Calderón, and Sam Amés, Old and New combined, they have taken just four Pablo Machin said in the last few minutes, you have to defend with your teeth and your nails, but they were all human, and he clearly felt like his side dropped two points whilst Valencia gained one. He also felt it was a shame that they couldn't have opened up a 13-point gap over their rivals. Marcelino appeared unfazed by the whistles at the end of the game, saying that it's Valencia and that it's normal when you don't see your side win at home too often. Hmm... Real Madrid now sit fourth after beating Wesker unconvincingly 1-0 away. The goal scored in the eighth minute after an excellent move worked down the right-hand side with the likes of Marcos Llorente and Álvaro Odrio Sola. The fullback crossing long to Gareth Bale, who hit it first time on the volley, side-footed, left-footed, a much-needed goal for the Welshman who hadn't scored for Madrid in the league since the 1st of September. But Huesca coped admirably with the windy conditions at the Estadio El Alcoraz and showed their character. Their best chance fell to Gonzalo Melero, missing a header from barely a Yards out, and David Ferreira also tested Thibaut Courtois. Even Dani Garajal, playing at left-back, had to clear a shot from Cristiano Rivera off the line late on too. Santi Solari claimed the win made it an ugly game, saying it was difficult to control and pass the ball, while Courtois was a little more critical, saying they suffered without the ball and that they didn't really do anything in the second half. But bright spots include the progress of Marcos Llorente, who said, if you said to me three months ago that I would have played four games in a row, I wouldn't have believed it. The defensive midfielder is one of the topics on our latest Stadium. Sit down. You and in conversation with Madrid-based journalist Ben Hayward. I've always wondered
3: why is it that Llorente gets so few opportunities? Because yeah. he was so impressive in that season he had with with Alaves. Yeah, he wasn't able to convince uh, Zidane really. Whenever mm-hmm. he did come in, it was to play one game here or there. He never really found his rhythm. A couple of weeks ago, we were hearing information that you know Solari didn't rate Llorente. Yeah. Uh, he wasn't picking him even with Casemiro out, and there was talk of him you know going out. On loan in January. I don't think there's any chance of that happening yeah. now. I mean, you know, he's been uh, you know, fundamental in, in showing up, in the the, help to shore up the defence yeah, yeah. in the last couple of weeks. And uh, I think Solari realises
2: how important he can be. You can see that on our YouTube channel youtube.com forward slash C forward slash La Lowdown or quite simply put La Liga Lowdown into your search engine. For Wesker they've now lost their last four games in all competitions including an 8-0 aggregate defeat to Athletic Club to crash out of the Copa del Rey and they haven't scored in almost 400 minutes of football. Francisco's side need a bit more luck and take their chances if they're to survive in La Liga this season. Well that's it for part one. Plenty more to come in part two of this La Liga Lowdown mini-pod including an eight-goal thriller Adipurua and Villarreal suffering defeat and sacking their coach. That's all coming up in a couple of ticks.
7: I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me.
6: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites.
2: Welcome back to this La Liga Lowdown mini-pod with Reyes Tukanov and broadcast on Sirius XMFC 157 in North America. Our Match Day 15 recap continues with six more games to go through. We kick off part two with news of a managerial departure in La Liga. Villarreal announced on Monday morning that they've terminated Javi Gueye's contract as head coach. And then on Monday afternoon, Luis Garcia Plaza was named as his successor. More on that in a sec. But the straw that broke the camel's back was Villarreal's defeat at home to Celta Vigo, in which they conceded at the wrong times. Just before half time and then twice again after the break. Somehow the yellow submarine almost came back up from three goals down in the last
7: ten minutes, but to no nearby Yeah by Buffal, comes away with it. He's done well here as Aspas out wide left, feeds it into the forward. He plays it back to Bryce Mendes, and his shot sneaks inside the near post, and Celta Vigo have the lead. Serves a free kick. Bryce Mendes right up and over to the far post, and Celta have doubled their advantage. Three minutes into the second half, and it's Okai Yokuslu with the goal. Here he come the Galicians once more and Maxi Gomez sit on goal it is 3-0 in off the far post and Villarreal are disappearing out of sight here if the home team can suddenly make a fist of this it's Carlos Bacca who's going to strike it and does so and he does right up into the top corner of the net and Villarreal have a lifeline Casola one of second bite of the cherry across the far post and they have scored a second and it's Carlos Bacca again there'll be an awful lot of fans running back up the stairs now all or nothing for Villarreal as Casola looks to deliver the ball in pulled back from Madrid. Gaspar off the post from Gerard Moreno. So, so close. But there is the final whistle. No time for Villarreal to come back. Braz Mendes, the
2: hero on this occasion for Celta with one goal and two assists. And Luis Muriel, almost the saviour for Villarreal after coming off the bench. But for his side, it is back-to-back defeats. It's just the one win in nine in La Liga. And that has ultimately led to Javi Gueja's departure. Let's go back to Paco Polite then. Uh, Paco, what was the biggest problem that Gueja didn't manage to solve? And to tell us about
5: the new man, Luis Garcia Plaza. I guess we can point to a number of reasons. Villarreal never found a reliable replacement for Cedric Bakambu, who was sold to the Chinese Super League in January, um, consistency both at the back and in a midfield full of quality, but sorely missing players such as the eternally injured Bruno or Rodri, who they sold to Atleti in the summer, and obviously just plain awful stats. We're talking about the worst start of season ever in La Liga after 15 games. In fact, Villarreal under Calleja had worse stats than the two seasons which ended with the submarine sinking into second division. He had to go, and Real Sport performed the execution clean and swiftly. Now, who is Luis García Plaza? Levante fans will surely remember him as the miracle man who not only saved the team from relegation to Segunda B 10 years ago, but who also performed another miracle the following season and got Levante back to Primera in June 2010. He also coached Getafe for almost three seasons, later left for the Middle East, and has been managing Beijing Ren in China for a year and a half. He knows the city, he knows the working environment, and he has already shown before he's able to navigate muddy waters and extract the full potential of a squad.
2: Thanks again, Paco. Well, Calleja is the fifth departure in La Liga so far this season, following Leo Franco, Gilles Lopetegui, Tony Mohamed and Toto Berizzo, whilst Luis Garcia's first task is a crucial Europa League game at home to Spartak Moscow, uh, so that could be a real test to start off with. Now, what about this for a result at Ipurua on Sunday lunchtime? Eibar 4, Levante four. Four. As the scoreline would suggest, the pace of this game didn't let up right from the start. Sergio Enrique's headed opener on eight minutes, only for former Eibar Loni, José Luis Morales, to equalise straight away, rounded the keeper and finishing. Robert Pierre gave the Vistas hope of a first-ever win away to ABAD as he made it 1-2 on 25 minutes, sliding in at the far post. And there were no further goals until just before the hour mark, when the heavens opened. Eibar turned this game around in the space of eight minutes. Gonzalo Escalante with a flying header, Chadeles with two more, the first a penalty, so suddenly the hosts 4-2 up. But we weren't done yet. A shot from Donyo got a huge deflection of Paulo Oliveira for 4-3, and in the second minute of three added on, Levante got their equaliser, Borja Mayoral having come off the bench and guiding the ball in at the far post to give Los Galatas a point at Ipuruá. Wow. Well, Levante's Paco López admitted that Eibar were better at the start of the second half in duels and winning second balls, but he praised his team for their guts and mental strength to come back from two goals down with 15 minutes to go, while José Luis Mendelíbar called it one of the games of the season and said his side needed to be calmer when they're in front. Since the win over Madrid, Eibar have stuttered a bit in form, defeat at Rayo, going out of the Copa del Rey to Sporting Gijon and then letting this lead slip, while Levante are now four games unbeaten in all competitions and they've suffered defeat just once in 11 games. the Friday night game a South Madrid derby which finished Leganes 1 Getafe 1 uh, Lega dominating the first half but Hetafe taking the lead through a free kick headed in by Leandro Cabrera in between David Soria's legs uh, the equaliser was an excellent strike from Alan Nyom as Getafe failed to defend a long throw a vital touch from Yusuf Enesiri diverted the ball to Nyom who controlled with his left foot then let fly with his right uh, there was a fiery atmosphere before the game but only three yellow cards during it and then a straight red as Leganes midfielder Ruben Pérez clattered into Getafe's substitute Sebastián Cristóforo but 1-1 the final score well Rubén Pérez and Nelmo missed the next game through suspension as with Recio who is injured but Liga are unbeaten in seven games in all competitions while Getafe have made it eight away games without defeating League and Cup it's the first time they've achieved that this century Febio Bordalas said it was always important to take points from a difficult venue that's what they've done Getafe very much stay in the European mix For Ravetis, it is now four straight wins in all competitions, all at home. Eight goals scored and none conceded. This latest victory by two goals to nil against Rayo Vallecano means that they stay four points off Real Madrid in that fourth spot not much to say about the first half but just before the hour mark Jordi Amat's attempted clearance also included a foul on Loren Moron inside the box and Giovanni Lo Celso arguably Best's best player of the season slotted home the penalty the second was perhaps the most surprising goal of the entire weekend when William Carvalho passed the ball sideways to Sydney inside his own half nothing in particular was on but the centre-back advanced forward towards the box into the box the Rayo players give in plenty of space and none committing to a tackle and when one finally got close Alejandro Galvez was well, in they produced a couple of step overs and shifted the ball from right foot to left and back again and then fired past Dolo at the Raio keepers near post. Unexpected but also utterly brilliant from the Brazilian. Raio stay in trouble at the wrong end of the table with their coach Michel bemoaning their failure to be clinical in front of goal while Betis' boss Kike Setien said he wasn't sure that his side even deserved their victory. Next to a perhaps slightly surprising result at Anweta, as a Real Valladolid emerged with a 2-1 victory away to Real Sociedad. Tony Villa got the opener for La Pusela. Oscar Plano making the most of an error from Acer y Ramindi, laying it off to the young striker to finish emphatically, and that lead was just reward for a good first half from the visitors. The advantage was doubled eight minutes into the second half, when a ball over the top released Antonito. The Real Sociedad keeper, Miguel Ángel Moyá, charged out to try and clear it, but he was late. Antonito edged it past him, and from the cute angle, passed into the open net to score. Miguel Saval, so often the focal point for La Real, got one back just after the hour, tapping in Robin Lenormand's header but the equaliser didn't follow. His coach, Asier Galitano, described it as a missed opportunity to get close to the top eight, while Cero González, the Real Valladolid head coach, said he'd recovered the DNA of his team, showing defensive strength but attacking precision and ending their run of five La Liga matches without a win. Now the Monday night game was Acero first La Liga match in charge of Athletic Club as they welcomed Girona to San Mames. It looked like Athletic former keeper Gorka Iraisos would come back to haunt his old club pulling off a string of saves to deny Iñaki Williams Inigo Cordoma Raúl García and Capa and especially Aritz Aduriz the only thing Durana did all game was have a Christian Suani goal ruled out by VAR it looked like it would end goalless before substitute Iker Muniain won a penalty in the 90th minute which Aduriz panenka passed his old teammate 1-0 to Athletic a precious three points for them and a first league win under their new coach now like lowdowns Alex Johnson is in the north of Spain so Alex what sort of football are we expecting under Garitano and what does his CV tell us about his suitability for this
0: job? So the main difference is that Athletic are playing more direct football than they did with Toto Berisso. The organisation of the team also takes away space for their opponents to attack. All while Athletic themselves create more clear-cut chances. When it comes to Gais Garitano, few know Basque football as well as him. He came up through the youth ranks of Atletic and then spent the majority of his career playing at the Basque clubs Real Sociedad, Eibar and Alaves. As a coach, Coach, he started at ABAR, famously taking them from Segunda B to La Liga. And until last week, he was coaching Athletic's B side. He's also got the jeans. His dad was assistant coach to Jose Manuel Ensal Mane the last time Athletic were in a similar position to now and desperately needed to be saved. That was in 2006. Mane and Angel Garitano got the job done. So I definitely think it's fair to say that Gaisca Garitano is quite suitable for this job. Okay, cheers, Alex.
2: before we go our usual little notices for our content on other platforms Twitter is the place to be as we keep you up to date with the European action this week in the Champions League and Europa League we are at La Liga Lowdown on Twitter so come join our growing family by giving us a follow and hanging out with us on social media our YouTube channel once again is youtube.com forward slash C forward slash La where we'll have a stadium sit down from Real Madrid and also partidas predictions coming up later this week subscribe to the channel enable notifications so you don't miss out on anything our website is www.aligalowdown.com for all of our content in one place? And this podcast is available each and every Tuesday, however you listen, and also broadcast on Sirius XMFC 157 in North America. So feel free to rate us five stars and give us some nice comments if you've enjoyed what you've heard. That's your Laliga Lowdown. See you next time.
1: This was a Radio Stucano production.